You can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, I'm Claire Harvey. We hope you're having a great holiday break, and today we're bringing you one of our favourite episodes from the year. This episode originally aired on August 4, ahead of Paul McCartney's triumphant return to Australia's stadiums at 81 years of age. The Front will be back with all new episodes on Monday, January 15. Just hit follow or subscribe to hear the latest every morning. An assurance has been given that police will do everything in their power to help the fans see the Beatles. Any minute now, the Beatles will be arriving at the Southern Cross. Their car is in, is in Burke Street and the fans are going really mad. Here they go. Here come the Beatles. In 1964, Australia changed forever when four boys from Liverpool got off a plane in Adelaide. It was the start of what became known as Beatlemania. Mayhem. I mean, you know, it was just crazy. For Paul McCartney, it was the beginning of the rest of his life. He's talking to the Australian's music writer, Andrew McMillan. We never knew whether the Aussies are going to kind of like us or whether they, how much they knew about us and stuff. So it was kind of, you know, we came in not knowing, but pretty soon found out. And, and they were crazy. It was it was really great. You know, it's uh, nobody minds a bit of adulation. I think you know when the Beatles came out, it had been a pretty lean period up till then for young people, and so suddenly we kind of came on the scene and um, struck a chord with a lot of young people. They sort of thought that we thought similar to them, and we had a. I don't know, was it a cocky attitude or something? I don't know. Hey, and the music wasn't bad. So all of that combined, they got really excited, which is great for us, which, you know, it's what you want. And now McCartney's preparing to come back to Adelaide and five other cities on an Australian tour that will see him at 81 playing arenas like Allianz Stadium in Sydney. It is extraordinary because no matter how fit you are at 81, the body aches, you're less dexterous, your voice changes. I spoke to Andrew McMillan after he spent 25 minutes on Zoom interviewing Paul McCartney. Hello all. Hi man. We've met before. On audio, yes. Yeah. And yet, just last year, a bit over a year ago, soon after he turned 80, Paul was headlining Glastonbury Festival, playing a three-hour show with his longtime band, with cameos from Bruce Springsteen and Dave Grohl. And playing something like 40 songs during that time, telling stories, you know, entertaining a crowd of about 100,000 people. It is quite extraordinary to think that, yeah, by the time he gets here in October, he'll be 81 and still nimble enough, still hungry, still keen to entertain the masses in a way that probably no one else of his era 
is is doing. It's probably him and the Rolling Stones at this point, I would say. The first gig on October 18 will be relatively intimate in Adelaide in front of just 11,000 fans. Well, I like that kind of thing. I like indoor arenas. In fact, you know, this band, we kind of like playing anywhere. So it's probably a good thing to just start indoors and then you sort of, it's it's a big surprise going outdoors and it's like, yeah, we're in a stadium, you know. I don't know, just that little uh, lift in the amount of people, you know, and the size of the thing is can be quite exciting. So, but I say we, we even like playing in real little clubs. Those are sometimes the most fun, you know. We should have a little club, then the arena, then the stadium. He'll be playing music from across a remarkable 60-plus year career. Yeah, there's a few of them. I think the old Beatles ones, some of them you just know so well. So like, uh, gotta get you into my life, kind of seems to come quite easily. I never know actually which ones are going to be the easy ones. There are, there are a few, mainly old Beatles ones, which are kind of easy. But in the end, they're all not that hard. The last senior citizen I saw playing in arena was the late Leonard Cohen. First, we take Manhattan. Then we take Berlin. Who famously described the six stages of man as he ages from irresistible through resistible, invisible, repulsive, and finally, cute. Paul McCartney's had quite the career arc, and he's in amazing shape, posting photos of himself on social media doing headstands. So how do three or four generations of fans see him now? I'd say he's definitely well into the elder statesman role, and yet from having seen him when he last toured in 2017, he somehow still has this boyish quality about him. He, you know, just the way his body moves on occasion when he's playing particular songs from 50 or 60 years ago. So I guess depending on the moment or on the song, he's somewhere between that dashing young man and the grandfather that he certainly is today. Well, I set out to be a musician and, you know, I had a little guitar and you know, just wanted to sort of write songs and make records and so So you do that, and then you get to perform for people. You get a love affair with it. You kind of get addicted to it. When you look at the faces of the crowds who watch McCartney today, like the gig at Glastonbury, you see pure adoration. But McCartney hasn't always been seen as the sweet old grandpa of rock. In 1970, he found himself cast as the villain starting with the documentary Let It Be, which followed the band as they wrote and performed their final studio album. Here's Paul arguing with George Harrison from that documentary. And what we said the other day, you know, I'm not trying to get you. Well, really, I'm trying to just say, look, lads, the Mm. band, you know, should we try it like this, you know? It's funny, though, because when we... So, um, I know it's it's this one. It's like should we play guitar all through age? Well, I don't think we should. Okay, well, I don't but in 2021, the director Peter Jackson released a new cut drawn from the same studio recordings that had formed the basis of Let It Be. Jackson's documentary Get Back brought McCartney back into clear focus, while George Harrison showed alternating flashes of brilliance and sulkiness, and John Lennon checked in and out in a haze of Yoko and heroin. 
All the work and focus was coming from Paul and the ever-reliable Ringo Starr on drums. Here's McCartney asking John Lennon to read and remember the lyrics for their song, Two of Us. Two of us? You have to remember the words too. Yes, I've got them here. But learn them. I almost know them. So yes, he has been variously cast as the villain, as the hero. I guess where he is right now is he's the one who's holding the flame aloft for his three bandmates in a way that no one else is or can. Ringo Starr continues to tour, but in a a much smaller fashion in the States. Paul's playing on the world's biggest stages and continuing to play those songs that have shaped the world over the last 60 years. In the doco, which streams on Disney+, Plus, there are moments of exquisite genius as McCartney, who doesn't read music, sits down at the piano and lets the masterpieces flow through his fingers. Have you got any more words? Should I know more songs? Yeah. Now, what is it? Uh, I'll give your mother Mary the long and winding road. Lead me to Coming up, how McCartney looks back on his long and winding road. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts. As he prepares to come back to Australia, Paul McCartney sat down with our music writer Andrew McMillan to talk about the remarkable forces that have propelled him back to centre stage. Your old band returned to the centre of pop culture in late 2021 with the docu-series Get Back. For a while there, it was the major topic of conversation among all the serious music fans in my life. Were you surprised by the impact that it had at the time on release? I was very happy with the impact. Uh, But once I'd seen what Peter Jackson had done and how it was all being handled by Disney, I wasn't as surprised as I thought it might be because he'd done such a great job. He'd like restored the film and he'd gone through 56 hours so patiently and brought this thing to, you know, the screens. Uh, And he'd just done such a great job. So for me, though, the main thing was it really made me happy because I'd seen the original Let It Be film, and that was more focused on the breakup of the Beatles, so it wasn't as happy as this one was. I kind of worried, to tell you the truth, that I would come off a bit bossy, you know, because I often would try and hold the session together or try and encourage everyone, come on, guys, you know, we've only got a week to learn this song, whatever. And I thought that might have come over as really bossy, and tell you the truth, it kind of worried me that. But then seeing it, it was like, no, it wasn't. It was just, that was just the way we worked. 
and there was such great humour in it. Um, me and John were having a right laugh. <laughs> I mean, for people who were supposed to be delivering this, these songs that they hadn't written yet and didn't know in like a month's time and put on a, a live show, we were messing around. You wouldn't, you'd think we'd be a bit more serious. Well, in the end, I thought it was a brilliant way to do it. You know, if you're going to rehearse, don't make it too serious. You know, do the work, but have a laugh. One of the absolute highlights of the Beatles Get Back series is when Paul is humming to himself, plonking on his bass guitar, got half of an idea, shows it to Ringo and George, who are sitting there bored, yawning, but listening. And he's showing them what becomes the song Get Back. And before too long, the three of them are jamming together on the idea with nonsense lyrics and then John Lennon walks in and starts playing the rhythm guitar and it becomes the bones of this song that is now widely known and loved around the world. It's an amazing thing to watch. Well, it was great really because I thought it happened like that, but it was so long ago that I wasn't absolutely sure, you know, but I thought, yeah, I'm sure it happened like that. And then Peter Jackson sent me a text and he said, did you write Get Back before you went in the studio? Or did you kind of just make it up on the spot? And he sent me a little bit of film of me making it up on the spot. And I said, no, that's I, I, I had no idea before it came in. And what you have on film there, that's the birth of Get Back, you know. So that was a nice moment, yeah. Do you still get those nightmares where you find the audience is leaving en masse no matter what song you try to play to entice them back? <laughs> I haven't had one of those recently. But, yeah, every so often, you know, it's like a performer's nightmare. You're playing and you think, oh, this is going well. Then you suddenly notice people are leaving. You know, well, he's just going for a beer or something. That's all right. But then they're leaving in droves and it's like, no, come back. And you can't say to yourself, wait a minute, it's only a dream. Because sometimes dreams seem really realistic. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, more of a nightmare of mine than I than it is now. I think I've might, maybe said goodbye to that one. Hope so. Do you think this is going to be the last time we see him in Australia? If I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would bet yes, it's the last time. Because... What is it, a six-year gap roughly between when he was last here? So if it was another six years, he would be 87 when he returns, which just seems beyond the realms of possibility. However, he has also been saying for decades that he keeps performing because he loves it, not because he needs to do it. And he also thinks, he also has been saying for decades that he'll be wheeled out on stage when he's 90. So I think... And I think most reasonable people think that it's going to be his last visit to Australia and hence why anyone who cares about the Beatles or his music at all should make their way to these shows ASAP. But I guess I wouldn't be surprised if this is not the last time because the man is nothing if not full of surprises. Andrew McMillan is the Australian's national music correspondent. You can read all the nation's best news, sport, business and politics anytime at theaustralian.com.au.
I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.